0: Thank you, much. Uh, thank you so much Josh, it's uh, really great to be here. We've uh, been on our uh, home missionary assignment, our HMA for about three to four months now. Um, and this is actually the first time we're getting to share with a new church, one that we haven't been to before. Uh, so really excited to share with you and would love to hear uh, some questions um, just to give us a sense of, of what's helpful for you all to hear about who we are and, and what our work is. Um, just you know briefly, uh to show who we are you'll see uh some of these ones underfoot uh this this sunday morning but uh uh, we're ben and anna we've got five kids our oldest peter is nine lucas is seven Lilius is five and uh, our youngest two owen and joseph owens three and joseph is nine months and they are maybe providentially hindering anna from uh, being part of this presentation this morning right now i graduated from tcu in 2006 so this football season i am considering blood pressure medication Um, and anna and i met actually serving as two-year missionaries with mission to the world in berlin Um, we got married and i studied at redeemer seminary uh, was ordained uh, the the spring before josh started here and then we went off um, to Berlin again initially as a family, as career missionaries. And uh, in 2018, we switched down to Munich and that's where we want to sort of pick up the story and uh, give you a sense of what the Lord is doing in Munich, why we see that as such uh, a wonderful opportunity uh, for our denomination to be at work and to be involved and um, what we're seeing there. So if you um, visited one of the churches that we partner with in Munich, um, aside from the language barrier, I think you would sort of say, yeah, that's a church. There are expository sermons, there are prayers, there's a mix of songs, and I think you'd probably recognize at least some of the hymns there. Um, You'd go and you would think, yeah, that was church. And yet more than once, this term, we've really been ministering to people who are struggling with the questions they're getting from family and friends, are you getting sucked into a sect? Um, The reality is that for most Germans, even the ones who are very committed atheists, there are two real churches. There's the Roman Catholic Church or there's the established Protestant Church, which is mainly Lutheran. Anything else is just sort of automatically suspect, especially if it's a church that expects or demands any sort of actual lifestyle change of its members or visitors. Uh, I'm not going to talk about persecution, but at the same time, it's very clear that evangelical believers in Germany are on the outside looking in uh, in their society in a lot of ways, and Our sort of driving question in Germany, how can we support the church? How can we help faithful followers of Christ thrive and multiply in a setting where they are going to be outsiders for the sake of the gospel? And we're convinced that the most important answer to this question is very clear, healthy local churches in which, as Paul writes in Colossians 3, the word of Christ dwells richly. And in Munich, we see really a unique opportunity to see healthy churches not only planted, uh, but also to be nourished and encouraged and strengthened for the long haul. And we're focusing on three key things. Um, Let's see if this will click. Maybe. Oh, there they are. Healthy local congregations, healthy church leaders, and healthy networks of churches uh, in that country. We uh, arrived in Munich with uh, three young children, and we began investing in a small local congregation, the Free Evangelical Church. In German, it's the FEG, F-E-G, Munich East, uh, where there were very few other children. I believe we were the only family in the church with more than one at the time. There were a handful of young couples. There were some singles, um, some middle-aged couples, a scattering of maybe a couple of teenagers who would come sometimes. Um, and quite a few older people. And as Lilius, our daughter, our our middle child of five, learned to toddle around, she very quickly became a favorite with everyone. A young man um, who has since become one of the first elders of the church uh, confessed to Anna one Sunday, yeah, uh, my wife and I were planning to wait to have children. We wanted to take a big trip around the world, but Lilius is so cute, we've decided we can't wait. We want to start our own family now and he said he hoped their first would be a daughter. It wasn't, (laughs) but he's cute too. No worries. In 2020 and 21, our church had its first baby boom. We had six new babies um, and suddenly this church with only Graeber babies in it uh, had become a church with um, lots of young mothers and fathers adjusting to this massive change in their lifestyle. Um, And Angelina, was one of the first new moms. Anna and she began to talk together uh, about how to respond to this this shift in in life phase for the church. They talked about the possibility of a moms group, um, a setting where these new moms could gather together, learn from older moms about uh, what it looks like to, to be a godly mother. Um, due to COVID restrictions, the, the plans were postponed, put on hold once or twice. But finally, in June of 2021, they were able to start meeting together. And uh, let's see, there we go. Uh, you can see um, some, of the, some of the mothers there. Um, and Anna uh, and Angelina spent their first gatherings together talking about God's plan for motherhood. Uh, what, what is his purpose? What does the calling of motherhood look like uh, day to day? Uh, This was, in terms of spiritual maturity, a very, very mixed group uh, from really um, mature Christians down to baby, baby Christians. Um, And it's just really been delightful. Anna has been so encouraged to see how God's used those discussions and conversations um, to grow understanding, to provide encouragement where these women are uh, in their walk with Christ. Angelina uh, is the tallest one. She's there next to Anna on the right um, and she has taken on leadership of the group with Anna's departure and really has a passion for teaching women to read God's Word and apply it to their daily lives. Slightly different sort of a story here. Let's see. There we go. This is Andy, Andreas. He was baptized on one of our very last Sundays uh, this past summer in Munich. Um, Andy is what you might call a little rough around the edges. Um, he owns a private security firm. Uh, you see the shaved head. You maybe can't see the tattoos um, or the earring. Um, he's got this sort of gruff manner of speaking. But he read off his testimony, uh, as he's doing there, you see in the service, um, before the baptism. He described his past life of ruthless selfishness. And it was something that began to change uh, really dramatically when he finally accepted his sister's repeated invitations to attend a course called Discovering the Gospel at our church in East Munich. And uh, our church really got to watch him change in real time. One Sunday, he was there and was chatting with one of our members. And he mentioned, just sort of in passing, that he was planning to leave his wife to go be with the woman that he really wanted to be with. Unfortunately, this was somebody who kept their head and said, well, um, maybe we should open up the Bible together and see if Jesus has something to say about that. Um, And they did. And a week or two later, his wife and his children started coming with him to church. his enthusiasm, you can see it, it radiates out of him as he's soaking up the truths of scripture and his story. That's exactly what we're aiming for because Anna and I had nothing to do with this, which means that we've, we've reached the point in partnership with this church where it's able to reach people on its own, introduce them to Jesus Christ and show them uh, what he can do in their hearts. We joined um, the FEG East in 2018 as missionary staffers. It was a church plant of about 25 to 30 people meeting in a local public secondary school. Uh, The following year, uh, yeah, really it took about a year for the church to nearly double in size. Um, The pandemic years uh, for everybody were crazy times. For us, they were very, very busy. Uh, Our church um, signed a lease in April of 2020 on a permanent space to meet in. That's what you're uh, seeing in in these pictures from the services. Um, And that fall, it was what we would say is Presbyterians particularized. It was received as a self-governing congregation in its German denomination. And we left it behind with two pastors, two elders, and about 55 members and counting. Um, it's exactly the kind of congregation I believe that Germany needs. It's one in which the gospel is preached faithfully and disciples are being made. We're convinced also that healthy local congregations need uh, healthy and well-taught leaders. Let's see. Oh, there we go. There we go. Look at that. Um, Martin Buzzo Seminary uh, is a multi-site, non-traditional seminary that uh, MTW has worked with uh, for a good 20 years now in different parts of Germany. It offers a really unique hybrid model of theological education where students work through the curriculum on their own time. while they're mentored mentored, uh, by an assigned faculty member. Uh, In my case, for about um, 10 of the students, that's me. I uh, check their reading reflections, I grade some of their work, especially in Old Testament, uh, and I also get to teach all-day seminars, which take place about 20 times a year, uh, where all the students can gather wherever they are in the curriculum and get a wide range of subjects taught and get some some fellowship as well um, with other students and the instructors. Uh, I've gotten to teach multiple times, not only in Munich, which is my primary assignment, but uh, also in in two other study centers in Germany, of which there are seven, as well as a new one in Albania, uh, which has really been a great experience. This is a seminary that in Munich has provided really tangible blessing to local churches. Um, Two assistant pastors at our church's Mother Church, as well as both of our pastors, have studied at MBS. And uh, one student in particular, though, uh, gives maybe a different angle on, uh, on what happens uh, in this kind of a setting. Uh, his name is Simon. Uh, he's a member of our church uh, at the time, the church plant. He's a young man. He works as a preschool teacher uh, to support himself. He's a conscientious worker. He's been really active in our church since the early days before we were around. Um, And he's also had to live with learning disabilities, uh, dyslexia, ADHD, uh, as well as depression for his whole life. And he applied to MBS as a new student, 2019, and I I think those of us on on the leadership of the Study Center were a little bit skeptical. Was Zimon really going to be able to handle the academic workload? Um, Could we really imagine him having a calling as a pastor? but we knew him to be a bright young man, um, someone who was very serious about his faith, and so we decided to give him a shot. He was enrolled and he was assigned to me as his mentor. Um, And it's been amazing to see Zimon grow into his studies. Now, it hasn't been without ups and downs. Um, He took Greek last year and uh, the pace of the course as it was being offered was really just too much. He couldn't handle it. Um, so he had to switch into one on one tutoring with me, but with the time, with that individual attention, um, he was able to ace his first exam. He has been really diligent working through his reading, he writes clear, thoughtful papers but but more than these things we 've actually seen this make a difference in him at church where we would have times where he would just sort of seem to disappear, like fall off the radar for weeks at a time. And and now he's not only there, he's not only engaged, but he's he's actively um, contributing ideas, taking initiative to reach out to newer visitors and even to start his own home group. We don't know what the Lord has long term for him, um, but what we've seen in him, that's what we want to see really for every student, Um, a growing love for scripture, and for the church, and above all, for Jesus Christ himself. And the third kind of aspect of what we're going for, maybe, there we go. Uh, We're convinced, as good Presbyterians, that it is not good for the local church to be alone. Um, But by and large, German evangelicals are congregational, and they're, as I said, always outsiders, And what you see is that it's very easy for them to sort of huddle together and just sort of sit in their small groups and their congregations where it's comfortable and where it's safe. Um, And they lose sight very easily of the many ways that God is at work, um, even in their local context, let alone more broadly in the country or in the world. So one reason that we see Munich as an especially strategic place to be working uh, is that there is already a growing network of like-minded and connected churches. At the center of this, um, you can see on the slide the, um, the logo uh, on the top there, uh, that is our team's primary church planting partner, the uh, Free Evangelical Church of Central Munich, we call it Mitte for short, Um, Our church on the east side is a daughter church, and while we were there this past term, um, the mother church started a new church plant on the far western edge of the city and actually a completely new residential quarter uh, with 22,000 housing units being built. Um, Both of our pastors, as I mentioned, um, studied at MBS, the seminary that we work with. They also are graduates of a pastoral training program uh, that Mita, the Mother Church, runs. And they're now able to go back and teach sessions for this program to pass on what they've learned to new pastors. Um, These are three churches that can and do do pulpit exchanges. They co-host conferences and retreats, and they can recommend each other to members who move into new areas. Uh, our team has really worked hard to, to grow and deepen this connectedness. I um, have also been somewhat involved in the pastoral trainee program, um, led some discussion sessions. I've taught their young adult group at the Mother Church. Um, we had former teammates who helped with the very earliest phases of the Munich West church plant. And we have a new teammate, Luke Stannard. Uh, who, together with his wife, Michelle, have 10 years of experience uh, serving in Hungary and have now moved over to Munich, and Luke is uh, running that pastoral trainee program administratively. Um, And, in fact, he's recently accepted a call to serve as interim pastor of Munich International Community Church, which is off to the side there. Um, this is an English-speaking church that is highly, highly diverse, and that meets in the um, building of the Mother Church as well. Um, so what we're seeing is this, this growing and vibrant community of churches that are organically connected and all committed together to the gospel of Jesus Christ growing in our city. Uh, after 2020 and 21 uh, I'm sure a lot of you can really relate in these pandemic years it was just really nearly impossible to think outside sort of the boundaries of our own group with the church and uh, when we got to host a weekend conference it was called let me see if this picture is going to work I've had there we go uh, we hosted a weekend conference called Das Wort im Lied um, means word and song and um, hosting a conference was a breath of fresh air like you would not believe, Um, and it was really a taste of the possibilities of even our local church reaching beyond Munich itself to encourage and be encouraged by the broader church. Um, This conference is put on by an organization that comes out of Sydney Anglican circles. I don't know if that means anything to any of you, uh, Reformed Anglicans in Sydney, Australia. This was the first time that it had ever been put on entirely in German, with all German uh, speakers, teachers, and uh, a German worship band. Uh, There's worship, obviously. Uh, That's us singing praise to the Lord the Almighty in the original. Um, There was a keynote talk just on the theological foundations of what we're doing when we sing in worship, um, and a master class for worship bands on how to lead congregational singing effectively. We had seminars, uh, small group breakout sessions ranging from um, how to lead worship with different instruments. I taught the one on guitar. Uh, This was June. It was very sweaty in there. There uh, were seminars on songwriting, and all the way from that over to organizing the service and how to start thinking about liturgy, which, let me tell you, is a a radical concept in German Evangelicalism. We had 80 people uh, from about two dozen churches around southern Germany and even uh, much farther away than that, and Austria as well. Um, This was the first time that we got to see our church not only being a blessing to its members, to its visitors, uh, to its neighborhood, but really to the broader church uh, far beyond the city limits of Munich. Now, even a healthy local network in a world-class city, which is what we have in Munich, is only going to be able to offer so much. Um, Many believers in smaller towns are going to have only limited access to those kinds of resources. what we're also doing is trying to support solid parachurch organizations that have grown out of our national partner churches to help them to uh, strengthen and encourage reformed evangelical churches and believers throughout Germany. Let's see, there we go. Um, so just a couple of those here. Uh, Imu Muzik uh, on the right there is the one that put on this word and song conference also has an excellent online course on the theology and practice of church music. Uh, That's one of them. And the other um, is Evangelium 21, Gospel 21, literally. We call it E21 usually for short, which was founded by our Mother Church's pastor. Um, And it actually has the exclusive rights to translate and publish web content from the Gospel Coalition, from Desiring God, from Ligonier. and nine marks and it also provides a platform for reformed evangelical teachers from germany austria and switzerland Um, their conferences they have a national gathering in hamburg up in the north every year let's see oh too many clicks there we go if you look very carefully behind that pulpit there's a little yellow smudge and that little yellow smudge that is john piper He's got a translator right next to him. Pay no attention to him. He's not important. Sorry. Um, so, that conference uh, has really gathered upwards of 3,000 people from across Germany. Um, it started off as a luncheon that John Piper agreed to come out to, and he spoke to about 20 people. It was, it was a room about, you know, packed out like this. That was the reformed community in Germany about 15 years ago. Um, we have regional co- gatherings uh, all over Germany and Austria and Switzerland as well. Um, and these, these networks have encouraged thousands of German Christians who really thought they were the only ones who had found the doctrines of grace in the Bible. Um, just to receive solid teaching and to connect with one another. It's been a huge blessing. Um, there's a lot happening in Munich. And just to wrap up, um, I really don't wanna give the impression that we're running the show here, uh, or even that we really have the capacity to be heavily involved in all these things that are going on. Um, What we have are open doors for a ministry of really various kinds where missionary support can make a real positive difference to the church carrying out its mission. Um, In light of that, we're actually actively working to build a team in Munich with MTW. Um, to respond to these opportunities and these needs. I've mentioned Luke Stannard who's uh, first there on the list with uh, with his wife Michelle. Um, He uh, they're still learning German but Luke is uh, just one of these powerhouse types. Uh, He did his doctorate I think in two years and uh, he is he is actively leading pastoral training and um, Uh, working with the leadership of the seminary as well. Uh, Michelle is hoping long-term to focus on women's discipleship. And then Matt and Jamie Zier, um, who some of you could possibly have met, they're based in Austin and have have been around the Presbytery, as well as Adair Evans from Alabama, Uh, are all new to the field as of this past September. So they're really fresh on the ground. Uh, Matt and Jamie are both soccer players. She actually played professionally for a short time. Uh, they've done coaching and they're interested in using sports as an outreach. They're hoping um, longer term to be in another part of Germany uh, to do that kind of outreach. Adair has a passion for mercy ministry and especially is interested in working with trafficked women in a country where prostitution is legal. That's a very, very real issue. Uh, and what all three of them uh, with Matt and Jamie's kids um, have in common is that they are there in Munich as guinea pigs they are the very first participants in a new program that we call the incubator Uh, let's see maybe oh there we go Um, it's a fairly simple idea We provide a team that can receive brand new missionaries and just give them team life on the field while they're in that early phase of learning the language, getting themselves oriented, uh, figuring out what life and ministry are going to look like and gaining some experience. Um, Our motivation really comes directly from the needs of Germans themselves. Uh, I'm sure you can imagine that if you throw a large team of American missionaries together with a very small German church plant with maybe one pastor and 10 to 20 people, um, that can be pretty overwhelming. And um, it's easy for the missionaries then to to influence and even determine the character of the church plant um, and make it, less German than it would be, especially if they're outnumbering the nationals in leadership. And so most German pastors and church leaders are much more interested in having maybe one or two missionaries who can help in strategic ways. But of course, if you're going to have that, and these missionaries are going to operate without a team around them, um, that's going to be an issue for their needs. People need time. It takes a little while to learn a new language. It um, takes a while to get the hang of the culture. They need help, especially on the front end, navigating a new country, getting kids into school, applying for visas, all these just everyday things. Uh, For the first few years, if we're honest, they tend to be more of a burden than a blessing to a church plant. Um, And in turn, given that situation, It's very common for them to feel a lot of pressure to jump into ministry before they're really ready. Um, So our solution to this issue that can lead to a lot of frustration on both sides is to have a team that exists for the express purpose of receiving these new missionaries and getting them equipped so that they can be sent into local church ministry, whether that's in Munich or elsewhere in German-speaking Europe. Munich has a lot to offer for this tons of language schools Um, we've got uh, multiple churches now as i've mentioned that are well established enough to offer internships to these new missionaries and we have networks that we are hoping are going to help place them in fruitful partnerships in a lot more places it's a way that we are hoping to support our german-speaking brothers and sisters in the work of the gospel throughout their part of the continent for years and hopefully generations to come Um, Just a couple of prayer requests uh, for us, and then I can turn it over to Josh for a little bit of Q&A. We always are in need of prayer, and we would love to have you partnering with us in prayer uh, for every aspect of our life and ministry. Um, There is a sign-up and just a few things to look at uh, out on the table in the foyer if you're interested, Um, but a couple of specific requests just to take away. I uh, am transitioning actually just as of this week. I have my approval from MTW's home office um, to serve as team leader for this incubator team in uh, in Mich- Munich with MTW. Um, so I'm gonna be serving as immediate one up to um, all five adult missionaries who are currently in Munich. Uh, so please just do be in prayer as we sort of adjust to this new level of responsibility, um, this this new way that ministry is going to tend to look, and especially wisdom as we're caring for our co-laborers long distance uh, while we're in the States this year. Um, Second, uh, we've wrapped up our involvement as staff at the FEG East, and while we will most likely still be worshiping there at first when we return, uh, we're actively on the lookout for the next step in local church ministry, Uh, we've actually just the week before last received um, an invitation for a specific work um, in the south of munich but we uh, we just need wisdom to know um, what that needs to look like that's probably going to involve a move within the city um, so uprooting our family again Uh, so please just do be praying for clear guidance for that process and then finally um, something more specific to this year uh, back in the states um, It's hard for our kids uh, to be here for a whole year. Our uh, oldest son is uh, missing fourth grade in Germany, actually a very important year. It's his last of elementary. Uh, Our next son is missing second grade there. um, And we are homeschooling this year, which we normally don't do. This is um, a very, very new sort of a challenge in a fairly small house where we're all sort of on top of each other um, and there doesn't tend to be a lot of quiet workspace. Uh, So just do please pray for Anna, who especially is is carrying that load for us to shepherd our older kids through this time of displacement um, and uh, to to prepare them well to return to school in Germany. Um, Just pray generally for our children's education. Uh, We just know that's going to be very, very messy going forward as we're back and forth between the two countries over the years to come. So thanks so much for your time and for listening so well. Um, I'll uh, turn it over to Josh to sort of moderate. If you have questions, I know that was a
1: lot to dump on you. That was great, Ben. It's awesome. What questions you guys have? Anything that you've heard about? You want to hear more about? Anything, Scott? guys
0: have short term missionaries come over uh, we haven't so far we're um, i think keeping our eyes open for a couple of uh, possibilities that that uh, that could be are you thinking sort of like like summer trip like right. kind of two to three weeks sort of thing we haven't historically um, we just don't you know we don't need people to build things and we haven't um, haven't had anything else but i think there's a lot of potential there Um, we are really really actively looking and this is something I would really encourage any of you to think about is um, serving with MTW or if you know anybody uh, who is interested in Germany um, really really send them my way because we're we're, uh, interested in just the widest range of kinds of ministry that people could do uh, both short and long term
1: what else James looks at a question. Go ahead. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um,
0: I'm
1: curious just to hear your uh, um, kind of if I get a sense from you of the culture of Lutheranism in Germany and um, any connectivity you have with the Lutherans and um, just kind of the pulse of the Lutheran church
0: in Germany. Yeah. It uh, it depends a lot where you are Um, so I probably could have made a little bit clearer Munich is just Bavaria the the state of which Munich is the capital is staunchly Roman Catholic I mean Munich was a stronghold of the German counter-reformation actually which makes it beautifully ironic to me that it's the most exciting place to be if you're reformed in Germany right now Um, it's uh, so Lutheranism is relatively young there and um in our particular context very very strongly influenced by the university faculty at the big big university in munich which is still really a a stronghold of good old-fashioned german liberal scholarship um so very very you know heavy on biblical criticism and um that's uh yeah, that, that's that's sort of sad to see. I would say, you know, the, the Lutheran churches in Munich are would be on the left spectrum of any mainline denomination in, in the U.S., um, for sure. Um, that's mostly the case throughout the country. And the Lutheran church sort of swallowed up the historically reformed churches um, in, uh, under its mantle uh, in the last century. Um, by and large, you know, very, very sort of mainline liberal. Um, You do have pockets, um, just sort of little German Bible belts where um, some of the local Lutheran churches really are quite good, Um, but we are fairly far away from those.
1: What else are you all curious about? Ben I'm, I'm curious how do you spend your time um, you've talked about all these different things that you're involved in sure what is what is your your time distribution look like between the local church and the seminary and right. in, in other responsibilities you might have
0: yeah well it's it's all in flux right now because yeah. um, the, the whole incubation oversight of new missionaries is a completely new a new aspect of of what we're doing. So we were sort of on the recruiting end of that during this term that was taking a little bit of time, but basically I was on average about 50-50 between local church and seminary. Um, If I was preparing to teach, that would sort of dominate a lot of my weeks. Um, If I was preparing to preach, that would usually mean a much more church focused week. Um, So I would say, The weeks tended to to swing back and forth quite a bit, but that's basically how it averaged out.
1: Were you preaching regularly at church? What were your responsibilities at the local church level? What were that like?
0: So I would preach maybe, maybe about every six weeks on average. Um, I would lead services, about as often as that. Uh, I play guitar and sing, so I was also in, in the music leadership of the church. Uh, Anna and I uh, hosted a home group that, um, that we would also lead, um, and then there would, there would just always be sort of miscellaneous um, kind of relational discipleship ministries, and Anna, obviously, as I mentioned, was leading a mom's group and uh, was, was really heavily involved in um, women's leadership sort of trying to lay the groundwork for for a whole kind of women's ministry program in the church so uh yeah there was a there was a lot to do that's
1: great but as i understand it you weren't part of the whatever the equivalent of the session is
0: i was for a time time um, sort of a transitional provisional session i guess you would say um so i guess i would have been functioning as an associate pastor for part of the time i stepped off of that maybe a year before we left trying to sort of transition out so just in case it isn't clear we um we we handed the leadership of the church off completely to uh into german hands uh, when we left this past summer um, which for us that's kind of mission accomplished
1: yeah. yeah tell us a little bit about um y'all's experience just as a, a married couple and now raising children and having children in germany what's <laughs> how's that all been for your your family, do you feel German? Do you feel American? Do you feel? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I
0: don't know how many other missionaries you've heard from, but um, what they always talk about is is third culture kids. Um, So they've got their their home culture, their their passport culture. um, And that's definitely American. We speak English at home really exclusively. but they, you know, go to German kindergartens, they go to German school. Um our boys, you know, speak with no accent. I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell that they're not native speakers when, when you hear them in German. And that's all they know. You know, we're you just think about we're we're here and we'll see like a yellow school bus. And this is just this this alien thing. We had to teach them how to use doorknobs. Um it's just everything's handles there. Nobody uses doorknobs. So a lot of these little things, we, we just notice um, that, yeah, they're, they're not quite one thing or another. Well, actually, TCU Baylor yesterday, um, still still recovering from that. That was the, the first football game my children have ever sat down and watched. Um, so we're trying to share sort of our home culture things, and at the same time. Um, Anna and I, I think for the majority of our adulthood, have lived in Germany as well, and there are ways in which we just feel more at home there. Yeah. There's, there's a lot that we really like about German culture in terms of, of children and family. I think they encourage a lot more independence. They encourage a lot of life skills uh, with young children in a really positive way. And we love our neighborhood as well. Our, our boys, you know, walk or ride their scooters to school and to soccer practice and things. Um, and I think that's, that's been really nice to, to see and to, to plug into a local neighborhood.
1: That's great. Um, pretend like just hypothetically I've heard of Munich but I don't know much else about it mm-hmm. um, this is not hypothetical by the way so. <laughs> um, um, help me understand that this city what, sure. what kind of size are we talking about is mm-hmm. there kind of an American equivalent we can sure compare it to to understand what, what Munich is like right so
0: I would say Population-wise, um, the city of Munich, sort of Munich proper, is comparable comparable to Dallas proper, um, so kind of a million and a half. Uh, the surrounding area probably adds about another million, so um, it's the third biggest city in Germany after Berlin and Hamburg. Um, it is a, an economic powerhouse, absolutely. Um, it actually, I think, has the second most publishers in the world after New York City. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Siemens is based there, uh, Allianz Insurance, You've got BMW is a huge employer. Our neighbor works for BMW. Um,
1: Is it pretty densely urban or is it more suburban?
0: It uh, really depends where you are. You know, there's sort of an old town and there are densely urban parts, you know, the closer into the city center that you get. But where we are is really just kind of housing. So Um, people
1: drive. People do drive
0: um, and I mean, there, there is public transportation that I think people in Munich think is pretty good, but compared to Berlin, which sort of spoiled us, uh, is, is sort of expensive. It doesn't get you as many places as you'd like. Um, but uh, it's, it's a very, very bikeable city. Um, you gotta watch out for bikers. By the way, if you're driving in Munich, watch out for, for bicyclists because um, they are aggressive and highly entitled. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it is, that's the best way to get around the city, honestly.
1: Yeah.
0: On the bike? Yeah, yeah. yeah. OK. Yes. How do you find the reception of America? I think overall, um, overall fairly positive. I think there's, there's always been sort of a decent degree of fellow feeling. I think American culture is a little more German than people might realize. Um, so there's, there's a decent amount that we have uh, in common. And it, I think it helps in Munich. It is a very international city. Uh, I mean, Munich, Bavaria, it's absolutely where all the stereotypes of Germany come from. So I mean, it's the lederhosen and the giant mugs of beer and the sausage. It's all real. It's <laughs> very real. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, it's, it's actually got a higher percentage of the population that is non-native than either of the other biggest two cities. Um, it's, it's sort of an amazing thing. And so, you know, I mentioned our neighbors. Um, the husband works for BMW. Uh, he has a German passport, but is Guatemalan, and his wife is Finnish. Um, we've got an Italian neighbor across the street. Um, our kids, I would say, in their school, and this is, you know, a pretty just sort of middle-class neighborhood. Um, I would say maybe a quarter to a third of their classmates actually have two German parents, um, so it's it is very international, and I think in that way, um, it's helpful or it's it's it, it, it's it's good to be an American because people are a little bit used to international people.
1: Yeah. Um, ben, y'all are here for about another what eight eight months? Yeah, seven something months? like that. Mm-hmm. Like until next summer, essentially. Is That's that, right. Yeah. Okay. That's Probably
0: through the end of next July. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And is, is your home church Fort Worth Pres? Yeah. Is that correct? They're That's sending right. church.
0: Our sen- sending church is Fort Worth Very Pres, good. Yeah.
1: Very good. So um, in terms of just kind of finding, if you wanted to find out more, I know there's a, mm-hmm. a lot of resources out in the four year, um, that y'all can um, look through and examine and there's an email list that yes. you can sign up on, um, to get updates um, from the Grabers. Um, How else could someone find out more about your ministry? What if they wanted to to take you to lunch or to have your family over for a meal while you're here? Would that be a possibility? Something like that? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, There should be, so our little um, slightly jury-rigged prayer cards that we have out there, the family photo has a website and uh, that should have just an email link that you can write to us directly. Obviously, if you um, sign up for our uh, newsletters, you'll um, get our contact information in those, and, and you can reply to the to the newsletter um, or just come up to me. I'll give you my phone number.
1: Perfect. Could do that too. I love it. Um, let's um, let's take a moment now to pray um, for the Grabers. Pray for Ben. Is your wife is your wife with you? Uh, I guess I think she must That's be fine. with the baby. Yeah, yeah. No let's pray. Um, Father, we're grateful for Ben and um, to hear his story, a little bit of a story at least, and for Anna and for their children. Um, Father, we're grateful for your call in their lives and the ways in which they are obviously um, just embracing um, this life that you've um, led them to with with both hands um, fully. Father, we're thankful for um, the ways in which they have um, gained such a rapport and um, Uh, just a a comfort level with German culture and the German people. And I think about these churches and believers in Munich that they have um, connected themselves to and been loved by and and, um, loved in return. And um, the ways in which it's clear that you're blessing the ministry there. Um, We pray specifically, Father, for this year that they have in the States. Um, I know that that's that's good. That's also hard in some ways. Um, and so I pray for Ben and Anna and for their children um, that you would be using um, these months um, uh, over when they're back um, in the States, Father, to renew, to strengthen them, to encourage them. Um, I pray, Father, um, for um, more churches to hear about their work and for you to give uh, Ben and Anna um, windows opportunity, even in our presbytery um, and, and elsewhere, um, to share about what the Lord is doing um, I pray for our church, Lord. I pray that you would give us um, um, intention and concern and, and um, I pray that um, we would sign up for the email list, that we would um, pray for the gravers, that we would um, see this as a ministry that we would want to um, encourage and, and consider um, as in our prayers and, and other ways of support. I pray, um, Father, for your blessing on Ben and Anna and ask um, for you to be with them even this day. I ask it in Christ's name, amen. 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 Thanks so much. Thanks, y'all. we got 15 minutes to worship.